0: Hello and welcome to Mint Dialogue, episode number 183. Today is Sunday the 21st of February 2016, and this interview is with AJ Brustein, co-founder and CEO of Wonolo, which stands for Work Now Locally, an on-demand staffing app that connects businesses with temporary workers. AJ was previously global senior brand manager at Coca-Cola, before leading the innovation accelerator at Coke, where he created and then externalized Wonolo. An award winner at the NetExpo Forum 2016, I hooked up with AJ to discuss the exciting OneLow initiative, the challenges of signing up brands, the rating and remuneration system, as well as what's in store for the future. Welcome to the Ninja Dialogue podcast, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, your host and author of the Mindset. That's myndset dot com. Where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes to the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick. And enjoy the show. So welcome to the Minter Dialogue today. I have I'm at the Net Expo Forum 2016 and we've been listening to the winners of the NetExplorer Awards for 2016. And amongst them is Wonolo, which was co-founded and is run by A.J. Brewstein. So, A.J., tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and if you care to, what's your mindset as you're here?
1: Thank you. So, yeah, um, I'm one of the co-founders of Wonolo. Wonolo is uh, an on-demand staffing platform. So basically what we do is we allow companies to find talent on demand, um, it's a kind of a tired analogy at this point, but is the Uber for staffing more or less? And when did you found it? Uh, we the, we founded the company in 2013. We launched in the beginning of 2014, so it's two years old now. I see. Yeah. What would be your mindset? My mindset. Um, uh, well, we got invited to uh, this you know conference. I and mean, we won this award. We we're very surprised about it because we're not in France, uh, so we're only in the U.S. in a few cities. Um, but it was you know a great. Uh, honor to get awarded here because we see that this is not a U.S. problem, this is a global problem uh, where work is not flexible. And we're excited that people are acknowledging that and potentially there's opportunities outside of the U.S.
0: So tell us how it all began, AJ.
1: So we have kind of a unique story. We actually created the company inside of the Coca-Cola company. Um, So I worked at Coke for seven years, a marketing guy. I did that around the world. And Um, had the opportunity to create Winol inside of Coke, funded by Coca-Cola more or less as a project in the company to solve a Coca-Cola problem. And so Coke had, uh, you know, merchandisers, that they call them, that go to stores and restock shelves. And the challenge that Coke had was what happens when something unpredictable happens? There's no good solution to finding a person to go restock a shelf when it wasn't planned to be sold mm-hmm. out. Uh, and rather than the, the way that they would normally solve that, which was sending the person who's assigned to that store who might be you know, 50 miles away and has... Doing something else. Doing something else, exactly. Uh, why, we said, why couldn't someone else do it? Why couldn't a different merchant to do it? Or maybe even someone who's just shopping in the store at that time. And so it took a long time to convince Coke that that might work, sure. but uh, we did, and we agreed to try it out, and it ended up uh, working as well as beyond Coca-Cola. And so many of Coke's partners, uh, customers of Coke's and, and outside of that, uh, they all deal with you know, different types of unpredictability. It manifests itself in different ways, but they don't have a good solution for finding someone when they need them. So you spun off? That's right. So we started the company inside of Coke, um, and then ten months after we launched, we spun out. So now we are a separate company, Coke's an investor and a customer, but no longer the same company anymore.
0: And I'm going to assume that was amicable. But do you are, are you allowed to use a uh, competitor?s
1: um, We are. So there's nothing in a contract that says we couldn't work with a competitor. But you know, there's tons of opportunities with Coke, so we're not like approaching Pepsi or anything like that right now.
0: All right. So the the notion of ad hoc workforces. That allows for flexibility for the people working. Give us a little bit of a uh, an understanding of the types of people who sign up for this. I mean, are we talking, you know, typically younger, older, women, men? What are, what are we looking at?
1: Yeah, I mean, as a marketer, it's strange to say that it fits anyone, but it really does. Oh, and so um, you know, there's. It's like Coke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess it comes from that. Um, and you can break it down into three groups of people. Uh, so basically, there's people that are unemployed who just need work, and so they use Winola to find work maybe every single day. And then there's a big group, which is the underemployed group. Um, which means that they have maybe a part-time job and they're working 25, 30 hours, but they need an additional 10, 20 hours. And so they use Winolo to find that flexibly around their schedule. And then the last group is actually the group that we initially had made it for, um, which is, you know, we don't have a better name, but we just call them the passion players, where there's something that they're more passionate about than work. And they need a flexible work schedule in order to focus on whatever it is they're passionate about. So that might be musicians or artists or athletes or stay-at-home parents or students or whatever, but something where work is just a means to the end of something that they're more interested in. Uh, and so inside that group, you have you know, young people, old people, men, women. But on average, it's uh, you know, under 35 group um, and pretty pretty even men and women.
0: So talk us through – so a brief – says, I need some merchandisers in the city of San Diego – what about the qualifications on the people on the other side? I mean, let's say it's a taxi driver, we talked about Uber before, that needs a certain qualifications, putting stacks, cans of Coke on a shelf in the right order, right side up. I mean, how do you qualify the staff ahead?
1: Yeah, I mean, so it really depends on the job. Um, so merchandising in particular, um... If you have experience uh, with merchandising, then on our platform you get a badge, and the badge basically signifies that you have that experience and you're qualified to do this work. It's up to the company to decide whether they want to use that badge or not. The benefits of using it are that you know that the person who accepts your job has done this type of work before. The downside is that it will limit the pool. Um, And so generally the type of work that's on Winolo, anyone can really do it decently well after 10 minutes of training, let's say. Um, And so merchandising is also that case. You know you have merchandisers that are you know in the job for twenty years and extremely experienced, but if you're just telling someone to do one specific task, they can learn that task in five or ten minutes and do a good job regardless of their experience do you
0: have a, a greater challenge in building the business in getting brands on board or you know the supply yeah. on the board
1: definitely i mean the demand uh sorry the bottleneck is certainly demand um so you know you're promising basically work whenever you want wherever you want with whomever you want to people so it's a pretty Good thing. It doesn't cost you any money to sign up, all that. So it's rather easy to find people. Um, But telling companies that the way that they've found people in the past by posting jobs on jobs boards and going through resumes and interviews, all to find, you know, temp staff uh is wrong um is difficult for some people to uh understand and the idea that someone who you have no idea who they are, you don't have any resume, you never interviewed them, is gonna show up and do your work and then do it well is you know hard to swallow for especially more not you know old school type people. Mm-hmm. Um so getting them to buy into the idea initially is challenging. But once they give it a try, generally they fall in love.
0: And these these the types of the lengths of duration of the time they work what what does that look like
1: yeah so you can only post a job for a day um so the average job on our platform was six hours but you'll see some for an hour you know many for eight hours like a full day shift um and then if you do a good job and the company likes you and you like the company you may have the opportunity to go back and do another day um but each job is one day and you get rated at the end of the day and paid at the end of the day
0: Intuitively, listening to you, a bit, um, I would say that the need for ad hoc workforce definitely suits the business fixed cost challenge. On the other side, employment, flexibility is also a complete need on the other side. So it, yeah, in my head, I'm thinking it's a match made in heaven, but is there actually one side that's more in need than the other? And that's sort of, is that there isn't really that, that kind of equilibrium that I have in my mind.
1: I mean... The idea that work should be flexible, I think both sides, you know, supply and demand will both agree on that. Um, and the idea that you only want to, you know, pay for what you need is also something that the you know business will certainly agree to. I think one of the challenges that you do have is regardless of how easy the job is, people do get into rhythms and understand how things work and get better as they go along. And so the idea that everyone is equal certainly isn't true um and someone who worked the job the previous day will most likely do a better job than someone who's coming on the first time depending on the complexity of the job um so making sure that our platform when someone posts a job is making sure that the best fit person gets first access to that job is something that where the technology really plays a big piece um and so that the company, the, we call them requesters, the requester can feel comfortable that whoever it is that accepts my job is going to show up and they're going to do a good job. That's where the technology can really play a big difference.
0: All right. So one of the things you have in your in your system is you allow for the rating of people, which actually then uh, um, qualifies the, the remuneration. That's correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so uh, at the end of the job, you can you push complete on the app, and then the requester rates you, you rate the requester. Um, so there's a you know two-way rating system. As you get more five-star ratings, uh, you get access to more jobs, and you also earn, start earning badges. And some of the badges will allow you to earn more money on each job. So when you've proven that you perform well on jobs, you get earlier access, and you get higher pay. Uh, based on your prior performance.
0: All right, so I want to just dig in on that. You said more five star ratings as opposed to an average overall rating?
1: So the average overall rating is very high. It's about 4.85. Um, so most people get five stars. Uh-huh. Um, and well, basically what we're looking for in people is that they have the right character traits. We call them five P's. Um, and so they're professional, punctual, prepared, polite, and positive. Basically, that's what we screen for. Um, and so our theory is that if you have those five P's, you can show up to more or less any job and get five stars on the job.
0: Well, Do you get, do you get rated on those P's? Or, I mean, how do those P's
1: show up? Um, So they show up in how you perform, really. So are you going to be on time? Good, you're punctual. You know, you have a smile on your face? Good, you're polite. And you know professional, you dress properly, whatever. Yeah, all of that stuff. Um, So the the requester, the business, is not rating you on the 5Ps. They probably don't even know about the 5Ps. But what they're judging you on is how you perform on the job, which are most likely based on you having and displaying those 5Ps.
0: Well, I I sort of wanted to go back to the Uber idea, because when you're rating your driver that does have an impact on them when they start they drop down under a certain level and they're apparently stripped and not allowed mm-hmm. to be an uber driver anymore do you have any of those situations
1: we do. So if you don't perform on the job, um, you will get, you have a strike policy, and if you earn three strikes, you will deactivate it from the system. And a strike looks like a one? Yeah, a strike is three stars or less on a job, um, or if you pick up a job and then withdraw from that job, um, because generally the jobs are same day or next day, so even if you withdraw from the job, let's say an hour or two after you picked it up, that's an opportunity that someone else could have had that maybe no one will have anymore. Um, and if you no-show for a job, you're just you're gone completely. You get three strikes immediately.
0: So, in the creation of your site, what were the other inspirations that you took? I mean, I don't know if you can say, we can say that Uber is the example of the rating, but where, what were the other types of things you pulled on in in creating this? Because I mean, you can there's so much, especially out in San Francisco, you can learn from.
1: Totally um so there's tons of apps in you know the on-demand space and in outside of that space where we were you know drew inspiration um you know before we launched winolo i went and signed up to become the supply side of pretty much every app out there and you know learn from them learn how their app works what their onboarding process is and all that stuff so we certainly you know stealing with pride uh you know a lot of different ideas from people that were ahead of us and had come up with and, and tested them out and learned already so everything from the onboarding process to the the flow of the app to the rating system everything like that uh what to do and not to do um but yeah it's you know there's no point in reinventing the wheel when you can take it from someone else no doubt how would you describe your competitive point of difference um, so there is uh, tons of like on demand apps whereas on the supply side you know they give you the opportunity to more or less work flexibly um, so when compared against those types of apps um, the big difference between us and them is many of them are for jobs that are like you know driving someone like a taxi driver or delivering groceries or something like that um, which are great uh, but they don't have a, a what's next, right? What do you do after you've done that? They're more just like a, a bridge or like a, a stopgap or something like that. Whereas with Winolo, you're doing real work at real companies. So not only does it help you build your resume and network, it might turn into a full-time job if that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So there's that big opportunity. And then in terms of actual like on-demand work, so very similar to what we're doing, there's a lot of companies in that space as well. Uh, but those companies are generally the ones you may have heard of, like an Upwork or a Fiverr or 99designs mm-hmm. or virtual. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you right. tap into cheaper talent in India or sure. China or something like right. that. There aren't that many jo- uh, you know, that type of platform which are local work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of our differentiation sure. is it's very on demand versus kind of strung out and friction filled mm-hmm. uh, and it's local versus virtual.
0: You mentioned at the very beginning that you're in three cities, that's correct?
1: That's correct. So we're in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, where we started. Um, And then we launched L.A., so Southern California area. Um, And then just recently we launched in the New York area.
0: Yeah, so this is, there's, there's an element that's heavily local, and that's mm-hmm. assuming the, the people are out in the streets doing it. Is that also relative to the companies you're working for? I mean, Coke, of course, they're Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, do you also have to go and recruit your business development team? I'm thinking about the people you have, feet on the street. Are they going out there you know, knocking on doors in, in New York and so on?
1: Yeah. So as you you asked earlier about which side is the bottleneck. It's demand. So mm-hmm. demand is the, the team that really needs to get local and, mm-hmm. and connect with businesses and understand each, each and every market. In terms of the supply side, it's actually we don't have people on the ground. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a job board is a job board. Obviously, there's uh, the field activation where you go to college campuses or you go to, you know, mommy groups or veterans groups or something like that where there's certainly a local element, but that doesn't need to have a permanent person on the ground. Um, so we can actually do it, even though Winolo stands for work now locally and it's very locally focused, uh, we can actually do that all from the same location.
0: When something happens goes awry, so I hire somebody let to go, you know, re-merchandise the store – and uh the bottles break or something. Do they do they use you as the conduit or do they directly to the customer or do the customer always basically ask you to, you know, handle that?
1: Yeah, so one of the differences between us and other like Peer to peer platforms that match people with, um, you know, customers with. Yeah, exactly. Um, is that we do sit in the middle, so we do have a lot of different insurances that companies would require to make sure that you know, if there's an injury or there's something gets broken or something like that, that we're all covered. So in that way, we do sit in the middle and make sure that those issues get taken care of.
0: All right. So you're a brand guy, AJ, or at least you came from a Coke, and I understand as much. Wonolo, what is the brand for you? And let's say, you know, as a brand guy, how does that brand get lived by you, the rest of your team? Is there, how do you translate that? Something I've been really interested to look at.
1: Yeah. um, So yeah, my background is in brand marketing. Um, And I mean, obviously there's the obvious benefits that the brand um, provides to both companies and workers, which are freedom and flexibility and that type of thing. Um, But, the real the real value and what we really want to stand for is this idea of democratizing work um which is basically saying we want to give everyone an opportunity to prove themselves on the job Mm -hmm. um and so in that way you know winolo is a way for you to have opportunities that you may not have had because you didn't have the right education or the right experience or something like that um and so it really creates opportunities and has huge impacts on people and you know a lot of the people on um, Winolo might not have gone to college or might not have had a lot of work experience, something like that. So the way that we stay connected with that um, and that we all live the brand is we all go out and do Winolo jobs all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go out and go to a warehouse or go stock shelves and we also post jobs and have Winolowers come in. Um, so we're very connected with our community of Winolo-ers, um and the businesses that are using them so that... We understand exactly, you know, what problems we're solving and what problems we need to solve as well as how we're really making an impact on people's lives. And, you know, whenever you have failures or problems inside of the business, uh, just remembering, you know, that the lady who was able to pay her rent or, you know, the guy Mm -hmm. who was able to stay with his – keep his family together because he was able to make the, you know, ends meet that he couldn't have had otherwise, that's what's awesome. That's what keeps us going.
0: Mm, I mean, that starts to sound like social enterprise.
1: You know, in a way, it certainly is. I mean, what I loved about being a marketer was the impact that you could, so as a Coke marketer, is the biggest scale in the world. You can reach billions of people, but it's for a moment. And in this case, it might have a much smaller scale than a Coca-Cola, but the impact is much greater where you're really changing people's lives for the better. Um, So in a way, certainly it has great social impact, um, and that's something that gets us all. And you know, what we look for in people is that that's something that they care about when we hire them. It's a little bit more than a smile. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
0: All right. So, um, Winolo, uh, the brand, um, you have the feet on the street going to get the demand. What about your other marketing? What, what's important for you in driving it in terms of your marketing side? And I'm thinking here, of course, of things like social and whatever.
1: You know, I wish I had a good answer for you on that one. Um, one of the things that pains me as a marketer is that we've done very little marketing on Wanolo. Um, one of the reasons why we've been very been very light on marketing is um, it's not really, like I mentioned earlier, for a company to use Winolo, it's a bit of a hurdle to get over. There's an education piece mm-hmm. and there's a belief piece. And marketing can be good for driving awareness, but you still need a sales team to help close that deal. Yeah, and then um, get,
0: you know, reassure them and make them feel like uh, um, you, you know ideally they've got to come back totally. because that's when you you've made your you know you don't word of mouth is working that's right
1: yeah so getting them the first time is is great but having them move from unpredictability to predictability to predictable use on the platform is where you know it actually works for us and and it, we get returns on that Um. so yeah that we haven't done tons of marketing what we have had is a lot of PR which is great Um. whether the PR is honestly good or bad it's great because it gets the awareness mm-hmm. bill and that's really what we can hope for from the marketing angle is awareness and hopefully to a point of consideration so that when that unpredictable, you know, time happens, you're like, well, what was that, Winolo, you know, something like that. And then that's where we can kick in.
0: What about data? Is, I mean, so you've got the social, which is maybe the front end. I'm going to guess you're starting to build up some data along the lines of, you know, I was going to want to ask you about that because in the social idea, ex-cons. They, these are people who have real trouble reinserting. This is the kind of thing that they can latch on to and the company might even take a risk on doing. But uh, I was just think, what, what, are, what type of data are you trying to collect? Because, I mean, I understand you're not maybe Oracle and doing this at that kind of a scale, but where, where, what's your play on d- data?
1: Yeah, I mean, the amount of data we collect is enormous and the amount of things we can do is, you know, huge. Um, but what we really want to do... so. You know, we have metrics that we follow and track. You know, very meticulously, and you know, obviously, revenue is a big one and how we're growing. But the number one most important metric for me, at least, is fill rate. And so, fill rate basically means what percent of the jobs that get posted by businesses are getting filled and completed by one-oh-ers. Um and we obviously want to have as close to 100% fill rate as we can because everyone's happy and Mm -hmm. we're making money and the customer's getting the people and the people are getting work. Um, And whatever data that we have collected that we can apply to improving fill rate is what we're really looking at doing right now. Um, And so if we can make it more... So if you think about it in a different, very different scenario, but similar idea... Uber has the same problem, and their solution is surge pricing. Uh, they, if they didn't have surge pricing, then they would have a fill rate problem because too many people are requesting jobs and not, are requesting cars, and not enough drivers. And so, we'd like to get to a place where you can have is somewhat Surges. even smarter not surge pricing necessarily because that's difficult uh, in our case but um sort of predictive nature so that we don't implement a surge pricing but right. maybe the the business decides to on their own because they really want to get their job filled yeah. so getting to more predictive piece uh, predictive state is something that we'd really like to be able to get to yeah. soon
0: last thing on on data if i will we're talking about numbers give give us what you can or you'd like to share in terms of numbers and also financing where you sit on that
1: Yeah, sure. So um, we just raised uh, a Series A uh, around a few weeks ago. Um, So we raised a little over $5 million. Thank you. Um, And um, before that, we had obviously, you know, came out of Coca-Cola. So we we created the company there um, and raised the seed round after we spun out. And we're growing about 20% month on month. Um, And like we're in three cities, Uh, hopefully we'll be in many more by the end of this year. Um. Although still focused on the U.S. for 2016, mm-hmm. um, there's 15,000 people that have gone through our vetting process, our onboarding process. So we mm-hmm. have 15,000 winnowers, mostly across those three cities. Mm-hmm. Although people move, so you know sure. we have them in sure. other sure. cities as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and two years old. Twenty people on the team. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. That's about it. So, AJ, how can the people track you down or sign up for, for 1.0? Yeah, uh, if you'd like to sign up to be a 1.0, um, you can just download the app. It's on iPhone or Android. Just go to one of the App Store or the Play Store. Uh, if you're not in the san francisco la or new york area and um, you'll kind of get put on a on hold uh, until we open up into another city and if you would like to use it as a business again you can just contact us directly through our website uh, or just email me either way uh, my email is aj at winolo.com
0: spectacular aj thanks for coming on board enjoy your last
1: of your few hours in paris i will thank you very much
0: thanks for having listened to this recording of the minter dialogue show You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, that's Mindset with a Y, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please do rate it on iTunes, that really makes my day. Happy trails, and enjoy Josh Sax's Painted Fingers.
2: Oh, fill me with all your colors any different way, to rid me of the gray. that you mention in your lack of self security